0: Happy New Year, Valley family. Welcome to everybody joining us on our online campus. We're kicking off a brand new series in this new year, as you just saw, that we're calling Throwing Shade. And, uh, you know, we just felt like there, there's, there's so much, really, uh, in our culture, in our community, where so often the communication has really gotten quite toxic it's kind of like we've forgotten uh, how to be civil that we just thought starting the new year you know let's be reminded that God has something better for His children, for every one of us uh, that He expects out of us to really set an example in the way that we do communicate, uh, not to be toxic in our communication, uh, that the, again, you see it almost happening on a daily basis, so common, so often, uh, but to be encouraging and affirming uh, in the words that we speak. And, and so that's what this series is going to be about called Throwing Shade, and uh, you know, kind of funny, even Susie and I were, were driving back from Virginia over the holiday. We, we stopped in, uh, you know, we don't need a lot of fast food generally, but, but that's about the only option in those cases, eight hour, nine hour road trip, and we stopped in at Wendy's, there was a big line there, it was obvious that they were understaffed, and, uh, and, and I was sitting, I'd already gotten a table, Susie was online, she likes, you know, we work that out together like that. She goes online, I get a table. And uh, there was one man, the line was long, one man finally got up to the front and he goes, I'll have some chili. And, and the, the young man behind the register said, I'm sorry, we're out of chili. Well, you would have thought <laughs> the world was about to end. And the customer began to just go in a full-on, 100% rant and rage to this young man at the cash register. What do you mean you don't have chili? I've waited for 40 minutes in this line. Why didn't you tell us we didn't have chili? You know, and just going on and on, swearing, profane, you know, all of this, just because they just ran out of chili. And, And I just thought to myself, man, if that's not a great example of just like, This has become so common and ordinary in our culture nowadays. Uh, And and then you should have seen afterwards, after he went through the line, Susie saw this, I couldn't from my vantage point, an elderly couple was there. And uh, before they put their order in, they just slid the young man at the cashier a dollar. And they said, here, we want you to have this. I don't know if that elderly, elderly couple uh, were Christians or not, but, but man, what an example of what a Christian should be if they weren't. What, what, what a great godly example right there. But I think for many of us, this whole idea uh, of throwing shade or what I want to talk about today, trash talk, has it, just become just way too common. And, and I'm not immune to it myself, When I talk about trash talk, we're not really talking about in terms of sports, you know, one player to the other team or anything like that. That was never like my game. I always felt like you just back up with your game, how you actually play. You don't need to say anything to the other team. But but trash talk is a lot different than that because we have so much opportunity to communicate every single day. And, And again... For many, our, our, our conversation, our communication has just become very, very toxic. Uh, think about it. The average human being speaks 16,000 words a day on average. 16,000 words. Now, that being said, uh, this message is probably going to be about 3,000 words. And uh, that's something I'm always aware of. Is as these messages are recorded and they're put in our sermon archive for years, people can go back and look at things and hear things that I said. And and so that always kind of causes me to stay awake at night thinking about that. Average person speaks about sixteen thousand words a day, and and that would include the words that we post, the words uh, that we text, the words that we email. And also the words that we actually speak. About 16,000 words every single day. And, and, and the Bible has so much to say about the words that you choose, the words that I choose as, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. And, and over the next four weeks, this week number one in this series, we're just going to really scratch the surface about how powerful our words are. But I hope in 2022 that we're just mindful and and maybe filter our words a lot more than we ever thought we should in the past based on what God's word actually has to say. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 11, and and these notes are are on our sermon notes, uh, message notes section on our website. You can follow along. I think you will be surprised about all that the Bible has to say just even in this first message. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 11, it says, words kill, words give life, this is from the message translation, They're either poison or fruit you choose. The words that you choose, the words that I choose, they're either poison to the people that hear them or they're fruit. And the choice is up to us. The fact about the matter is, if I could summarize real quickly in one succinct statement, all the teachings of the scripture on the Bible about our words is this. Your words reveal your heart. Your words reveal your heart. That if our words are poison, it's because our heart is poison. If our words are good fruit, it's because there's really good in our hearts. Where would you get an idea like that from, Greg? Jesus. Jesus' words. Look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. In other words, the words that we speak, they come out of a good heart. Good words come out of a good heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. And now here it is, Jesus says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So as we're even just launching into this this series, let, let me ask you, what would your, if you're married, what would your spouse say your heart is full of based on the words that you speak? What's in your heart? What would your kids say your heart is full of? What would you, you know, whoever it is, the people that are closest to you, what would they say because they probably hear more of your words than anyone else's. What would they say is really the condition of your heart? Because Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And in our world, we, the phrase is, you know, throw in shade. <laughs> in our culture, and, and in our world, we throw shade all over the place. Well, you know, again, if they run out of chili at Wendy's, somebody cuts us off on the Taconic Parkway. You know, someone takes a parking spot. Uh, we, we don't get the service we feel like we're supposed to get. We don't get the raise we feel like we're supposed to get, or the promotion, or our, our political candidate doesn't win. Whatever the situation is, we just throw shade. And it, it, the reality is, that shows us what's really in our heart. L- let me put it this way. Your words are a thermometer to gauge the condition of your soul. That's really what Jesus was saying. Your, your words are a thermometer to gauge the condition of your soul. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And, and we don't need to do a whole lot of prayer and fasting, anything like that, to discover what's really in our heart. All we have to do is ask those around us, what is the condition of my soul based on the words you hear coming out of my mouth? Is it negative? Is it toxic? Is it, is it defeated? Or is it encouraging, affirming, faith-filled, and hopeful? Your words are a thermometer to gauge the condition of your soul. Throwing shade really means in, in, it, it's insults that are intended to wound somebody else. It's trash talk. It's gossip. It's bad mouthing. It's sarcasm. It's murmuring. It's yelling. It's sass talk. It's getting lippy and it's getting snippy. All of those are, are conditions of a heart that's really, really not healthy. All those things are. E- even, even sarcasm. And we're gonna we're gonna look at some of these things in the next few weeks when we start to pay attention to our words, they really reflect what's going on on the inside in our hearts. And, and I hope to, over these next few weeks, as God gives me grace, and again, I'm not immune to this myself, but, but I hope to, to sensitize all of us in the Valley family to the words that we email, the words that we text, the words that we post, the words that we speak. Because all of those things, I, I don't want to be like the guy berating the kid at the register, because there's no chili. I, I want to be like that elderly couple, slip a dollar to encourage a guy who's having a really hard time just trying to do his job. That's the kind of person I want to be. Am I like that all the time? No, no, not at all. I, I, I think if, if I'd been in line right behind that fella, I, 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 I might have thought all, all kinds of stuff. I don't think I would have thought about just sliding that cashier a dollar, just to kind of Ease the tension and show them it's okay. And, and, and what a great example. It just spoke to me when Susie told me what that couple did. And, and so we're all, none of us are immune to this at all. We want to let God heal whatever that is on the inside that's causing those words to come out the way that they are. So, words that come out encourage, they empower. They build and they lift up other people. That, that's what God wants from you in 2022. That's what God wants from me in 2022. And, and so just giving you an overview of the series where we're headed next week, we're gonna talk about gossip, gossip. You, you, you know, uh, there, are all, there, there are all kinds of podcasts that are 100% nothing but gossip and slander that many Christians listen to. And that affects the condition of your heart, your soul. There's television shows, nothing but gossip and slander. And God has a whole lot to say about what kind of life that produces when we listen to that kind of stuff, when we allow that in our hearts and when we do it ourselves, we engage in that activity. We're going to talk about gossip next week. It's going to be really juicy. Don't want to miss it. And then we're going to talk about sass talk, just being sassy. It's amazing how much the Bible has to say about that. And, and then the last week, three weeks from now, we're going to talk about whatever. We're going to talk about that attitude. It's just like, whatever. That is a condition of an unhealthy heart. A that, that, oh, whatever. Just fed up. Get, get over it. Get, whatever. We're going to talk about that three weeks from now. So I, I hope you'll... you'll really stay tuned as we work through this because this might be kind of kind of tough a little bit but but i think on the other end of this if we'll take to heart what god's word is telling us number one you're going to be a lot happier in 2022 if we allow god to heal the hurt in our hearts that we're speaking out of and 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 no more throwing shade And, and you know what you'll find i'll find the more positive we are, as we allow God to heal our hearts, guess what? People want to be around us. <laughs> it, it creates a different environment, a different atmosphere that's affirming and encouraging. And, and honest, but it also can be encouraging as well. That we can speak the truth in love. And people feel that. No more throwing shade. And, and so... Back to God's Word. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11 puts it this way. The words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. That's what throwing shade is. It's a violent intention. The words of the godly, that's who you're supposed to be. That's who I'm supposed to be. Life-giving fountain. So just, just think about your words. Just think about you know your words this past week. Your, your words over the holidays. Life-giving fountain? concealed violent intentions a couple things about trash talking uh so that we understand what trash talk really is the first point is this trash talk is active an active insult intended to wound someone that's what trash talk is it's an active insult in fact it's like like i've got this rock right here (laughs) It, it, it literally you know we all know the 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 old saying, well, we used to say it when I was a kid, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Uh, no, they wound you forever. Uh, and, and, and that's what trash talk is really like, picking up a rock and throwing it at someone. It, it, hurt, it causes with intention, the words that we speak with intention to hurt someone else. That's what trash talk is. It's just like this rock. And man, this got some weight to it too. I'm not gonna let it out of my hand It'll break the camera. That's what trash talk is. It's is active insult intended to wound someone. And, and, and it just as Christians, we shouldn't be doing that. That should not be a hallmark or a characteristic of our life. We insult people's intelligence. We insult their decisions, their appearance, their opinions, people who do things differently than we would do them or do it differently than what we have done. And, and it's just like picking up a rock and throwing it at them. Trash talk. That's what trash talk is, throwing shade. The second thing is trash talk ultimately reveals my anger. The person who's doing the trash talk, it reveals, again, the condition of our own heart. It reveals my own anger, things that are going on inside. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 12, uh, the Bible says, mean-spirited slander is heartless. Quiet discretion accompanies good sense. There's so much in the book of Proverbs about the words that we speak, and and Proverbs is all about wisdom. Mean-spirited slander is heartless. We're going to talk specifically about that slander in the weeks to come. Quiet discretion accompanies good sense. So so people who trash talk actually reveal there's something going on under the surface in their life. There's some sort of hurt, there's some sort of wound, there's some sort of disappointment that, that someplace they put their hope, someone they put their hope in that has let them down and has wounded them. And it's out of that abundance of the wound, the pain, that the words come out, the trash talk comes forth. Some area of their life, their heart, that has yet to be healed. Anytime we're angry, when you think about it, we always justify our anger based on I was hurt, I was disappointed, I was disrespected, I was dishonored, whatever that is. And we justify our anger, but the reality is that anger, maybe it hadn't happened yet, sooner or later, that's going to bubble out in our words directed toward maybe the person who hurt us or maybe someone, this collateral damage had nothing to do with it at all. Anger always says, "I'm the victim." Anger always, I've been victimized. We talked about this last week uh, in, in making your story more meaningful. You know that we have that we get to choose the roles that we want. Some people choose to be a victim no matter what has ever happened to you, you can find someone else who's gone through the exact same circumstance that is victorious and sees themselves as an overcomer and decide, I'm not gonna be victimized by this, no matter what the situation is. And I know so many people have gone through so much more in their life, so much more pain, so much difficulty, you know, violation, all this stuff, and, and yet it still comes down to, are you gonna be a victim, the choice that you make, or are you going to be victorious? Or are you going to be an overcomer? Because whatever's happened to you, it's not unique to you. There's someone somewhere that's also gone through that exact same thing, maybe even worse. And, and so when, when I get angry, when Greg gets angry, it's because I've chosen, I choose to be a victim today. And out of that anger, my mouth's going to pop off, and I'm going to throw shade. <laughs> on someone, about someone. Victims believe that things are out of their control and if all things around them would change, then they would be happy. Victims believe that, you know, it's not going the way I want to. I want to control everything around me and if things around me would change, that hurt and that wound in my heart would be okay and I'd really be happy. But the reality is we can't even change our own hearts, much less control the environment around us Third thing about trash talk is this. Trash talk desires to injure another to get even. It's about, I'll make you pay. I'll make you hurt the way you hurt me. It's about getting even. It's about retribution. Probably the most careless of our words, if we're really honest, most of our careless words happen at home. If we really just take a moment to think about it. Happen at home around the people that we live with that really we we should love more than anyone else. But most of our careless words take place in home. Trash talk desires to injure another to get even. There's a verse, uh, at the end of 2021 as I was just kind of praying, you know, a lot of times I get a single word for, uh, for the year and 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 this year i got a verse instead and and i've just been studying it and and it applies here real well and 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 that's proverbs 29 verse 11 and it says fools vent their anger but why but the wise quietly hold it back one of the, a couple of the translations are pretty interesting on, on this verse here, instead of just venting, and, and that's me, I, I'm like an outward processor, so a lot of times at home, I'm like, with, with Susan, I'm like, I, I just need to vent a little bit, get this out. A lot of these translations in English uh, of Proverbs 29, 11 actually say, uh, gives full range. So there's nothing wrong with with like processing outwardly, but but what this scripture is saying is like, when there's no throttle on it, when there's no filter on it, that's a fool. A fool just says everything they're thinking. That's a fool. And and man, I'll just say this: that 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 was that was that was Greg Williams and Susie married almost 32 years ago. That I just said whatever came in my head, and, and I've learned to kind of through the years <laughs> throttle it, throttle it, throttle it. And, and, and I feel God saying, even more. Don't give full vent. You, you need to throttle that down. Be wise and hold it back. Not to give full airing to everything that's in your head. That's what trash talk really is. And, and here's the thing. Anger, when it says fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back, Anger reveals that someone in your life that you need to forgive about something. That's what anger reveals. That's, that's, that's what I've learned. That, that when I get angry, that is a, a warning, that's a symptom that there's unforgiveness in my life towards somebody. And I need to forgive them. I, instead, of, instead of picking up a rock and throwing it at them to try to get even. I need to drop the rock and let it go and forgive them. That's what anger reveals. Look at Ephesians. Paul here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, he talks about this. And look at this connection between anger and the words that we speak, that, the, that God is speaking through Paul to you and me. He's speaking to the Christians in Ephesus and to you and me. This is timeless. This is God's truth to us. And listen to how he connects these ideas of anger and the words that we choose. In in Ephesians chapter four, verse 26, it says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. What does that look like if we're holding on to anger? Giving a foothold to the devil. That, that's verse 26 and 27 of Ephesians four. But look at this. Drop down to verse 29, "Don't use foul or abusive language. See, that's what happens when we have anger in our heart. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. That is Ephesians 4:29. That's kind of the verse the framework for this whole entire series we're going to be going back to every single week don't use foul or abusive language well why would someone do that because they have anger inside they they're, they're harboring anger and unforgiveness inside how does that come out by throwing shade but by using foul and abusive language let everything you say be good and how everything everything you mean most things no everything Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And then it goes on and says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. And could I put it this way? And by the way that you speak. By the way that you communicate. Don't do that. That that literally we grieve the Holy Spirit of God by the words that we use. When they're foul, when they're abusive, when they're, we're throwing shade. But when we're talking trash, when we're talking smack about other people, we're we're literally, it's like the Holy Spirit inside is going, oh, oh, oh. Because of the way you talked about someone who doesn't have your same political opinion. You hurt the heart of God. But by the way, you you talk about fellow employee, that teacher, that leader, your spouse, your parents. It grieves the Holy Spirit by the way that we live, by the words that we choose. Remember, he's identified you as his own. He goes on to say, you're God's kids. It shouldn't be this way. And it goes on and it says, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. So watch this now. Watch how this applies back to grieving the Holy Spirit and the words we choose. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. Talking about communication, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Wow, it's powerful. Paul's saying the words that we choose—he's kind of like the same. Reveal the condition of our soul, the condition of our heart. Jesus said, "Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's either good." Or it's evil. It's what comes out inside. A- and the words that we choose, they're either going to edify and encourage and build other people up, or they're going to grieve the very Holy Spirit of God. It's powerful. And again, we're just scratching the surface on how much God's Word has to say about the importance of our words. Throw in shade, trash talk. So, so. Here's the whole thing that I I, want to spend the rest of our time together on. This this big idea. Forgiveness kills our anger by canceling the debt. We gotta forgive. We touched on this a little bit in our Thrill of Hope series last Sunday before Christmas, but but I just want to make this really, really practical on how to forgive. How to forgive someone who's really, really hurt you. Because if we can become... Let, let me put it this way. If we as a Valley family, as individuals in the Valley Christian Church family, if we can become incredible forgivers in 2022, guess what? You're gonna have a great year, regardless of any circumstances or situations or crisis or calamity or, or anything like that going on around us. If, if we can become great forgivers, if I can become great forgiver, guess what? spiritually, I'm going to have a phenomenal year and and if I spiritually have a phenomenal year and and a spiritually healthy year and you have a spiritually healthy year, guess what? It's going to be a fantastic year. No no matter what's going on around us. No, No matter what the situation is. If we become great forgivers. Forgiveness kills our anger. It destroys our anger. It does away with our anger. No more anger inside. By canceling the debt that we feel like, you owe me because you dishonored me, you disrespected me, you did me wrong, you overlooked me. It cancels that debt that you owe me. So when it comes to forgiveness, a couple myths real quick about forgiveness, and these are myths, these are not true. Uh, the first one is this, forgive and Forget. You know, it just, it just means forget it. You know, just just put it aside, or, you know, forgiveness just means, oh, I don't even remember what they did. No, forgiveness means what you did was bad. That's why I need to forgive you. It's because I hadn't forgotten it. And it doesn't mean forgiveness doesn't mean that I forget what you did. It means that, that I've got to pardon the debt. I, I've got to cancel the debt that, that I feel like you owe me because of the way you did me wrong. Forgiveness Forgive and forget, that's a myth. The second one is this, forgiveness just takes time. That's another myth. You might have heard it said this way before, time heals all wounds. No, it doesn't. It makes them fester. It makes our wounds fester. They get even worse. They get infected. They get gangrene. Time doesn't heal all wounds. Forgiveness heals all wounds. Not time. They don't get better, they get worse. So, So let's look at real quick, The process of forgiveness well what is it the process of forgiveness I've tried to just break this down as easy as I can as practical as I can three-step process of forgiveness here's the first one you got to choose to forgive choose make the decision I choose to forgive it's a choice it's not an emotion it's not a feeling and sometimes you got to choose over and over and over and over again when you feel those emotions when you feel that anger come up again I choose to forgive God, I choose to forgive. Instead of picking up a rock to to throw it back at somebody who hurt me, I'm going to drop the rock. I choose not to retaliate, I choose to forgive. Here's the second thing that's so important know the who and the what of your anger. Know the who and the what of your anger. Even as I've been talking today, and you've been listening, maybe you're on the break room at work, maybe you're in your car, uh, maybe you're in your living room, you know, cozy by the fire, wherever you're joining. Even as I've been talking about this, while you've been hearing my voice in your ear, I believe the Holy Spirit's been speaking to your heart. That, that person that you haven't even thought of in so long that's coming to mind, or that situation over the Christmas, and New Year holiday, whatever, that's God. You, you need to, I need to know the who and the what of your anger. So let me just ask you a few questions. If, if no one has come to mind, let me ask you a few questions that might help you to, to know who it is that you need to forgive, okay? A couple of questions. Who's someone you just don't ever want to see again? Who's that person that right now you're like, if I never see them again, I'll be all right? Yeah, you probably need to forgive them. Who's the one that you would love to run in again, run into again? You know, maybe like oh yeah, I want to see him again. I, I want to give him a piece of my mind. Maybe it's like I'd be fine if I never see him again. Maybe that's kind of your position. Or or maybe it's man, I hope I run into him again. That also probably is a good sign that's a person that you need to forgive. Who would you like to get back at if you had a chance? Who would you like to get back at if you had a chance? Chances are they hurt you at some point and you need to forgive. Let me put it this way. Who is it, who would you like to see fail? Who's that person, if you heard bad news about them, you'd kind of be like, <laughs> yeah. That kind of makes me feel good to hear that. Who is it that that you want to see them fail? You want to see something bad happen to them. Your mind keeps looping back at them over and over and over again, and maybe you haven't talked to them in a year or years. Again, maybe it was over the holiday. Maybe it was this week at work. Know the who and the what of your anger And here's the third thing in the process of forgiveness. Choose to forgive. Know the who and the what of your anger. And here's the third thing. Cancel the debt. Cancel the debt. You you just gotta say, and it's not because they deserve it. You can't wait for them to say they're sorry or anything like that. Uh, Again, we, we read that because forgive one another as God through Christ has forgiven you. That's what we read in Ephesians chapter four. We forgive because God forgave us because I owed so much. I owed a debt of my sin and Jesus paid that debt. I didn't deserve it. I I could never earn it. I could never be good enough. Jesus paid that debt. He canceled the debt that my sin owed, that I owed. And that's the whole premise of us forgiving other people is because God through Jesus Christ forgave us when, when we didn't want anything to do with them. We never said we were sorry, anything like that. Jesus came and he died for every one of our sins, past, present, and future. Cancel the debt. See, the cure, the cure of anger, the cure to anger is forgiveness. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Whoever that person is, real practical. I, I want to put some action to it whoever that person is that's been running through your mind through this message, as, as we've been talking about throwing shade, trash talk, I, I want you to go find a rock. Put their initials on that rock and go bury that in your yard. Go bury that somewhere. As just symbolic, I choose to forgive. Put it in the ground. And don't go digging it up come springtime. Don't go digging it up if you get hurt again. I choose to forgive. Take that faith step, that action step. And I know I'm going to be writing a couple initials on this rock. And then I'm going to bury it. Bury it. And let it stay dead. Let it stay buried. Instead of picking that rock up to throw it, to throw shade, to, to, to smack talk, trash talk them. No. I'm just dropping the rock. I'm burying it, and I choose to forgive. And you know what begins to happen? That anger. God changes where that anger was, and He begins to heal that hurt. And He'll bring tenderness into that part, of our heart, of our life. And then the words that we speak. They will be kind. They will be tenderhearted. That they will be, even if it's a hard conversation to have, they'll be seasoned with grace. And there'll be a gentleness to it. And and instead of standing in line at Chili's and giving the cash register, cashier, peace of your mind, you give them a piece of your heart. I understand. I know it's a tough day. I get it. Could I have a frosty instead. I know there's no chili. I'll take a frosty. That'll be fine with me. That's who God, I believe, is calling me to be in 2022. That's who I believe God's calling you to be. All of us in the Valley family. No more throwing shade, not at each other, not at anybody else. No more trash talk. God, heal my heart. I choose to forgive. I cancel the debt. I want to be an example that the words that I speak, that I text, that I post, and that I email will be acceptable and pleasing to you, God. Listen, this is why we need the Holy Spirit so much. This is why we can't grieve the Holy Spirit. Because we can't do this on our own. We need God's help. And it's just there for us. All we've got to do is walk in the grace that God's given to us to be the people He's called us to be. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we receive your grace to drop our rocks. We receive your grace to bury our rocks, to forgive those that have hurt us, that have disappointed us, that have let us down. Lord, that have taken advantage of us. Lord, that have overlooked us. Lord, we receive your grace today to drop our rocks. No more trash talk. No more throwing shade. Lord, we forgive. We forgive. And God, I pray that each one of us would just walk in the courage of this moment. Lord, if we gotta go out in the backyard, (laughs) as soon as possible, find a rock, put a couple initials on it, and bury it, Lord, that we would do that as a symbol and a sign. It's over. We're canceling the debt. Thank you, God, that you canceled the debt that we owed through sending your Son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior, to live a sinless life, to lay that life down as a sacrifice and a substitute for each and every one of us, and to rise from the dead that we would know you've forgiven us, you forgave us, and our debt of sin has been canceled. Really is good news, Lord, and we thank you for your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And may we forgive even as you have forgiven us through him. In his name we pray, amen.